Before we continue, one of the ways we keep all of our content for you, the listener, free of charge is our amazing sponsors, and today, Anchor is one of those sponsors. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcasts right from your phone or computer. Anchor is going to distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere podcasts are listened to, and you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Welcome to Castle Rock, a small town full of mystery and its residents even harder to read. Annie has hallucinations, Ace has family issues, and guys, where exactly is the laughing place? Don't go anywhere, we have a lot to talk about. I'm Maria Menunos, and you're tuned in to AfterBuzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. Now, What's up, all you Castle Rock fans? Thank you so much for tuning into the Castle Rock After Show here on AfterBuzz TV. I am Veronica Valencia, and I am joined today by my awesome, spooky co-host, Katie Kawamoto. How are you, Katie? I'm good. How are you? Thanks for having me here, guys. I'm so excited to have you to talk and bring a new perspective to this show. Yeah. Coming up later in the show, we're going to be talking all about Annie Wilkes kind of get an idea of her backstory. We're also going to be talking about her relationship with her daughter, Joy, as well as the Merrills and kind of this weird, discombobulated family. We also also have some news and gossip, as well as Easter eggs. So if you've seen any, please let us know in the comments. We want to point out as many as possible. But before we get into any of that, Katie, what were your overall thoughts on episode one of the second season, Let the River Run? Uh, so I thought it was a much more fast-paced premiere episode than what we got last season. Because last season it felt a lot slower. This one it was like just jumped kind of right into it. And I liked that the pacing was better for sure. But it got it got intense. I really yeah. enjoyed this one a lot. I think this story is going to be uh, very... Lots happening and it's going to get crazy. It already got crazy. So, mm. yeah. No, I, I have very similar thoughts to how you felt. I agree that the first season, I love the first season, yes. but it was a little bit slower towards the end. It's where things got, kind of got hectic and it got um, more fast-paced. This one kind of is goes straight on running. What's the word I'm looking for? Hits the ground running. There you oh, go. Yeah, yeah. yeah, this episode really hits the ground running. And I think, I don't know, this one is a little bit less, from what I'm seeing, it's a little bit more kind of, murder mystery base as opposed to like spooky supernatural which I think the last season was a lot more kind of supernatural based I feel like this season will have that but it's kind of set up differently so I think that this season is definitely going to be much quicker paced or at least I hope so based on this first episode yeah seems like it is so far I mean Mm -hmm. even even though they didn't have much dialogue in that first scene you're seeing her popping pills. You're seeing them on the run, clearly, and you're like, okay, that's setting a good tone. You know where it's going. So, mm-hmm. nice. Yeah. yeah. So let's kind of talk about Annie Wilkes, our main character, for mm-hmm. a second. So the show kind of opens up with this girl covered in blood, carrying a box down by a lake. And as this episode goes on, we realize that this is Annie. Did you think it was her from the very beginning, or were you like, how were these two people connected? Uh, I think I was a little confused at first, because I was like, I'm not sure, because with, like, the whole flashbacks to, like, things like that, it's kind of hard to know, so you're kind of like, I don't know, and last year, everything was so not as it seemed, so you're kind of like, oh, waiting for it, and then, you know, at the end, they finally 
showed stuff, and you're like, oh, okay, I got this now. Mm-hmm. So I didn't get it right away, no. Yeah. I mean, the cuts between, I didn't think that immediately, oh, this has to be her, yeah. like, so X amount of years later. But about 20 minutes in, I was like, I think that that girl is meant to be her, yeah. which raises the interesting question of what's her backstory and kind of, like, showing where she is now. So we see that she is kind of on the run with her daughter, and she's, you know, putting on a lot of these fake identities to still steal pills. And first of all, <laughs> I, I kind of want to get your opinion about this too, Katie, but first of all, in my mind, I'm just like, I don't know how they can keep a scheme like that going. Yeah, that seems very, very hard to do, but I think when you're moving around so much, it makes it easier, because like, you, if you leave the country or you leave the county, there's not going to be a record necessarily a Unless there's a nationwide search for you, I don't think you have too much to worry about. But if you're going from like city to city and vanishing without a trace, it's probably a little bit easier. Mm-hmm. I think it's easier to not be looking for Annie Wilkes, which is, you yes. know, her real identity. I think it's a lot easier to not look for her. But I think it's enough to raise question that there is a nurse yeah. hopping from city to city stealing drugs. Because, you know, just from what I know about, you know, the healthcare system is like when there's a problem within a hospital or something like that, they usually report it. Yeah. Granted, those a lot of the times slip under the cracks or yeah. slip between the cracks. So I can see why maybe they're not catching on. But, like, I was watching this, and I my thought was, how are they – how is she getting away with this? Because it seems like she's been doing it for quite a while. A routine. She had a yeah. routine going. So, yeah, I don't know. I may, Maybe we'll see more through the season of the problems she had, but I don't know. And then maybe she just – was I think she's just really good at covering up her tracks and not getting caught or at least being able to get away. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Exactly. And so she, you know, she gets jobs as a registered nurse. And were you curious? I mean, I feel like as the season goes on, we'll learn more of her backstory. But were you kind of curious at all of how, you know, she, if she was even really trained to be a nurse because we le- we learn later on, you know, she's wanted. Yeah. So if she's wanted, was it kind of struck your curiosity of how is she able to kind of live a life, you know, get trained as a nurse and kind yeah. of do all these things? You know, that actually is a good question because you don't really ever see her actually doing nurse things in the episode, if I think about it correctly. You saw her trying yeah. to fix like a cart and then you saw her organizing the board. But I'm trying to think, did did we see her with I think actually she, helping like, the patient? I think she inspected one uh, IV. And IV. Yeah. yeah, but you don't actually see her change it or do anything yeah. with it. So I think maybe that's also something she's just good at faking as well. But I find it weird that she'd be able to get a job at the hospital without any sort of credentials. But I guess mm-hmm. this is Castle Rock. I don't think that they really look into things too much, really. No, <laughs> so, clearly not. Yeah. So, yeah. And, you know, as she's kind of going about her day, we start to learn a little bit more about her. The fact that she sees hallucinations from someone kind of, like, labeled as the tall man. Yeah. And we also find out that she is kind of researching a lot of these different um, kind of psychiatric um, issues, such as, you know, like, she's uh, researching schizophrenia and anxiety and hallucinations. So we kind of get an idea that she's suffering from something but i guess even she doesn't know exactly what it is and then that's when we find out she googles herself and she is wanted for murder and that's when we put two and two together and say oh okay she was probably the bloody girl yeah what was your kind of did you have any ideas of what maybe 
her hallucinations were coming from or were you just speculating or were you so intrigued of who she was as a character? I think I was thinking that her hallucinations were basically her being haunted by the person she hurt or killed. I'm assuming she killed someone based off what we learned about her later, but I think that that's who's haunting her maybe, like this person who she harmed because yeah. clearly she harmed someone. Oh, it's covered in blood. At least that's what I took from it. That's interesting. I like that perspective because, yeah, I immediately thought that whatever was in that box, which we kind of learned there was a baby in that box. I thought it was an animal or something at first. At first, (laughs) I mean, at first it was labeled as ravening angel, and I kind of have a theory of who this baby turns out to be, Mm -hmm. but I didn't necessarily think she was haunted from the spirits of the person she harmed. I think she was maybe haunted by the spirits of something she unleashed that caused her to cause harm. And those spirits have kind of since lingered and she's going through all of these means, getting these pills to try and subdue those hauntings. Similar to silencing in your head like in the first season. Yeah. Similar type of thing. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we both have very different thoughts on that, so it'll be interesting to see... To see which route it goes. Yeah, or neither. Or neither, Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And it's kind of, and you know, another thing too is in the very beginning we see that she's stealing drugs, but they're not like um, your normal drugs that I guess people would steal, like Oxycontin and everything like that. She was stealing um, antipsychotics because she's just trying to help herself and in a sense help her daughter as well. Yeah, which which, uh, the nurse touched on, which I'm blanking on the nurse's name at the moment. Uh, Dr. H. Dr. H, where she's like, it's better than you taking these other drugs, so. Yeah. And you're like, I guess that's true. I mean, it's still a little bit worrisome. I mean, it's it's still, like, you as a doctor is still a little (laughs) bit worrisome that you're letting your nurse kind of take all of these drugs, which we'll get into that when we kind of talk about this Merrill family. But I guess it could be worse. Yeah. She's not, you know, trying to sell them or just trying to get high. She just wants herself. She wants to help herself and her daughter exactly and i mean she can't because she's going under so many fake identities she can't get the proper medication she True. needs so she has good intentions she just has to go about it in a really like slimy way yes around like you know cutting corners and mm-hmm. yeah being sketchy exactly <laughs> yeah uh, i like the fact that you brought up uh katie that she wants to you know do what's best for her and do what's best for her daughter i would actually love to talk about her relationship with her daughter joy but before we go into that uh i just wanted to let everybody know that there is so much so much content here at after buzz tv right katie yeah so much lots and lots and lots and lots i know we were just talking about it before we went on before we went live how katie is on a few other shows a few cw shows a few hbo shows i'm on a few other shows myself some cbs shows so there's so much content here we have everything from reality tv to dramas, to comedies, you name it. And if we don't have it, we make it. We recently are starting to do uh, Hispanic shows on ABTV Latino. We have, we're getting ready for to do a lot of Christmas stuff. We even did a K, uh, K-pop documentary series the other day. We have so much content here. So we thank you so much for helping us be the ESPN of TV talk. But in order for us to keep doing this, we ask that you please like this video, subscribe to our YouTube channel, as well as give us five stars on iTunes because you know one through four don't work. And wherever you are, please stay involved in the conversation. Leave us comments. We love discussing and engaging with you. We love doing this, so please help us keep going. Yeah. Well yeah. said. Thank <laughs> you. Yeah, so Annie and Joy. Okay, initial, what was your initial thoughts on this re- 
kind of mother-daughter relationship. Initially, I'm just thinking, okay, they're on they're on the move. They don't really ever settle, so they basically only have each other because mm-hmm. you know she's not making friends, which they touch on. So that was my initial thing was, do they have anybody else? Is there anybody else that we're going to see in this family friend circle? Because she's pretty much just friends with her mom. Yeah. That's what I thought at the beginning. Yeah, initially for me too because it, you know, it opens on the scene where Joy is still pretty young and then it flashes forward to where she's at least probably a teenager and now mm-hmm. maybe about 15 or 16 years old. Yeah. Uh, so my initial thought was what are they on the run from? Kind of like what are they trying to avoid or not get caught by doing? So that was my initial reaction of, oh, you know, what did they, what did they do? What did this duo do? Yeah. And then... As it goes on, you can tell at least that I think Joy has respect for her mom. Like, she doesn't necessarily resent her, even though we do see her kind of feeling regret or, you know, feeling upset that she's missing out on, you know, being a teenager and having friends. I don't think she has any, um, like, she doesn't dislike her mom in any way. I think she still greatly treats her with respect. Yeah, I think that... She kind of just takes what her mom says and is like, okay, you know what's best for me, so I'll just take your word on it. And then, of course, she's going to have, see like, when she sees the kids go by, you're going to have that brief thought, like all teenagers do, of like, oh, what's that? Like, you're still, she's still curious, but I think she's just so used to it, distrusting her mom and knowing that her mom knows what's best. So it's kind of like, that's what keeps her just mm-hmm. listening to her mom and stuff like that, too. Yeah. And she's starting to realize that maybe her mom's right, I think, like, when she went to seeing things she's not supposed to see. You know, staying inside, she wouldn't have gotten into certain things, you know, so. Yeah. Yeah. I think we'll see some different changes now, but, like, I don't think she had a reason to doubt her mom, other than Mm -hmm. when she's like, are you on your meds? Yeah. Because she knows that her mom acts different. She does know. At first, I didn't know if she knew her mom was on meds. Because, like, when the mom's driving, it kind of looked like she's hiding it from her daughter at first. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But then you find out, oh, her daughter does know that she's on medication. Because that was my one question I had while her mom was almost in a car accident because of her meds. Like, oh, but the daughter does know. Okay, so that says something. And her, she's like, oh, when you're not on them, Mom. What's wrong? You need to go get them. So she's yeah. also taking care of her mom as well. Yeah, they kind of take care of each other. So. Yeah, that's another thing is that, yeah, she deeply cares and wants to make sure that her mom is taking care of herself and making sure that she is getting her medicine. Uh, but uh, they kind of keep talking about, or at least uh, Annie keeps talking about how they're supposed to be going to this laughing place. Yeah. Now, I want to get your thoughts on the laughing place. Did you think... It was just kind of a manipulative tactic to get Joy to continue going on? Or do you really think that maybe, based on what we know of Annie, she really thinks that there is some kind of, you know, place of joy or place of, like, calm and safety? I think it might be a little bit of both. Like, when she was younger, it was to calm her down and help her realize, like, we're going somewhere fun, we're going somewhere nice, as a way to get her to go. But then as they got older, I think it was just became the thing they kind of fell back to and like we're in search of this place and then she says that searcher speech in the middle of the show Mm -hmm. where we're searchers and I'm like that kind of shows like I think she thinks somewhere out there there is genuinely gonna be a place where they can settle down and be happy but I think it's also a lie she tells herself as like this is where we're going yeah yeah so yeah I agree I think she is trying to search 
maybe not for a place that she feels is great for them, but I think Annie is trying to search for a place where she no longer has these hallucinations. Kind of like in the first season, how some of our characters wanted to be in a place where they weren't hearing the ringing anymore. I'm sure Annie wants to go to a place where she's no longer haunted by these hallucinations. Uh, But it's kind of funny because at one point she says like, oh, we need to go to the laughing place. And then Joy kind of says, oh, Montreal. So it kind of struck me as curious of, Oh, is she just saying like to Joy, we need to get to these to these places, or as we kind of learned, she's just searching, and until she finds a place where there's kind of quiet and peace, there's it's not the laughing place. If that makes yeah. sense, yeah, yeah, it's. I think well, it's going to be interesting to see if that's what exactly they mean by that too. So I mm-hmm. think there's a lot more with that too. Yeah. yeah, but it was also kind of nice in this episode to see that. Uh, despite in the very beginning Annie not liking Castle Rock and wanting to just get in and out as fast as possible, you know, basically routine, it is kind of nice to see that at least for a little bit it seemed like there was a shakeup in the routine, like the fact Joy was able to meet friends. Yeah. Or just talk to other people. Maybe it's too early to call them friends. Yeah. But talk to other people her age because she meets Chance. Yeah. She meets, uh, I think their names are Timothy and Vera. Yeah. And she just gets other human interaction besides her mom. What did you think of uh, this? Like, were you happy to see Joy kind of experience human interaction? I was. I was actually kind of shocked at how easy it looked for her. Because oh, yeah, you don't true. know how much she's talked to other people. So you're like, is this her first time talking to people her age? Like, you assume it's not. But mm-hmm. if it were, I mean, she kind of felt looked like she was comfortable. And I'm like, I don't know if that's good or bad. But I was kind of just impressed that she wasn't like... I mean, she had a couple questions like, oh, what what's that? Or I don't know what that is. And like, oh, I don't have a cell phone. But she handled herself really well. Yeah. Considering... So you know she's maybe not sheltered, but she hasn't necessarily had the experience. So I was kind of impressed by her for sure, with that situation, because I was like, I think most people would be shy. Most people would be shy, maybe socially awkward, because they don't understand what's going on. Yeah. But, I don't know, maybe maybe it's a two-way street kind of thing, you know, because Castle Rock and the adjacent town, uh, Jerusalem's Law, you know, they're not necessarily, uh full fully inhabited by people you know and maybe people her age so maybe it was kind of um a mutual thing where joy was able to come across very social and so was chance because maybe chance was very happy at the idea of another person her age that she can interact with yeah yeah so So i was like well okay right and it was also a little bit more lighthearted moment in the, in kind of a really intense episode. Mm-hmm. Kind of broke it away from it because otherwise it could have been really overwhelming if it was just constant, like, it t- intensity. So I think yeah. it needed that to kind of break it up a little bit and bring some more life to it in general, mm-hmm. too. So, yeah. yeah. I liked it. It was fun. Yeah. It was good to see her have some fun. Yeah. Because she's been on the run for who knows <laughs> who how knows long. Who knows how long. All right, now I kind of want to talk about the other family. So we touched upon the family mother-daughter duo of Annie and Joy, and I also kind of want to talk about now this Merrill family, which they are a mess of a a family. Complicated. Complicated family, and I put that in quotes because at least one of them, Ace, does not feel like any of these people are his family. No. So let's kind of talk about Ace for a minute. He's a cranky, mean dude. Yeah, not... Not pleasant at all, either. Like, no. You, you're not the person you would ever want to encounter in life, ever, from the get-go. You're like, eh, 
I'll stay away. Yeah. yeah. He came across very entitled because, you know, he basically has us running with his uh, stepbrother, Abdi, of, yeah. like, why are you taking over my lot? Why are you poaching my tenants kind of thing? So he has this entitled attitude where he thinks he's owed everything kind of in this town. But then he makes the comment to his dad, uh, who's basically like, I got everything I deserved. Or, like, yeah. I earned, what was the, I took what he deserved, is what he said. Yeah. Which still sounds entitled. Yeah, it does. It does, very much. Yeah, he just seems like the kind of person who's, like, doesn't really care about what other people need or want. It's like, this is what I'm going to do, and this is how I'm going to keep my money and all this different stuff. Because, like, even later on when you see him, he's like, I'll walk in, I can walk in here. Like, Mm -hmm. this is like, "Mm, you can, but you shouldn't. So it's a lot of just, like, he's going to do whatever he wants. Doesn't matter what, who is in his way, even if it's his family. Mm -hmm. And I mean... Even after he talked to his dad, because he talked to his dad, right? It was his uncle. His uncle, okay. Sorry, sorry. I think I misspoke previously. It's actually his uncle. Yeah, who he was, like, telling, or no, he talked to his stepdaughter. That's right. He talked to her and stuff. He talked to your brother. So he's trying to damage control on that side. But, like, Ace, I'm pretty sure no one's going to be able to talk him down. I think he's going to just have his own agenda hmm So. Yeah, no, I, I agree. <laughs> I think it's kind of interesting when you learn that, oh, so Ace and his brother, who we kind of briefly meet, Chris, who's very different, much more mild-mannered, much, you know, calmer, kind of on the brighter side of things kind of yeah. guy. Uh, it's kind of interesting that we see that these two brothers are uh, Pop's adopted nephews, and then he also adopts... Uh, Dr. H or Nadia and Abdi and kind of seeing how this family grew up and just kind of like the difference because even in this town it's like we see that there's you know the population of the town and then we see that there's also all these kind of um, Somali refugees and so I feel like even that might be kind of a tension you know just if we're talking about discrimination kind of Mm -hmm. in that sense of how maybe Ace kind of grew up entitled because he's seeing that people who aren't like him are being as successful. Yes, yeah. And I think that's hard for some people to see that are like him, so. Yeah. Yeah. Because, yeah, very different. So it's like growing up, you can also imagine just kind of how he was. But let's talk about Abdi for a minute because he seems like he's got a good head on his shoulders. Like, he's you know, real working in real estate. He's yeah. building this new mall to better the Somali population to kind of not make them feel so threatened yeah. by the other residents, especially people like Ace, because we saw when he was introduced, you know, he's just walking in demanding payment, yeah. being like, you are staying here. And then when the one guy tries to leave, he's basically saying, you're not going anywhere. Keep, keep your money, but you're not going anywhere. Yeah. So it's nice to see that Abdi is kind of trying to break away from kind of people who view view them poorly and just trying to make a safer, better place for the Somali population. Yeah. and But then we see maybe he's not so rock steady because he's sleeping on his sister's couch. Yeah. So clearly he's, he's like, there's more going on that we're not necessarily seeing yet or that he's pretending is better than it is, perhaps. Or, you know, it's, it's hard. I think he's, yeah, this is, like, one of those characters I think we're going to have to, like, We'll have a lot of questions about for a lot of the season, I think, because I don't think we're going to learn a lot about him. But then you do learn that, you know, he does. He's a little upset at the end mm-hmm. of the. So I think we're going to see kind of a little bit of a change too, because we're going to see him trying to fight for what he wants, 
possibly another means as well. Because, I mean, he kind of got attacked. So, yeah. you know, you can't just walk away from that like it didn't happen. So, yeah. it'll be interesting to see where that goes. I'm kind of, I mean, granted, we will see as the season goes out. But I feel from the very beginning, these are kind of a lot of characters that are being thrown at us. Yeah. And so, I'm kind of hoping that throughout the season they each get a moment to kind of shine or yeah. that we just better understand them like no character left behind kind of thing because this is a few people that we are getting introduced to enough that we know something about them yeah and we also you know we also get introduced to kind of pop who we find out is dying from cancer and he's also uh, played by Tim Robbins, yeah. who's basically taking over Sissy Spacek's role yeah. of, like, I was actually in a Stephen King work yeah. once upon a time. Yeah, I mean, I think we're going to keep seeing those cameras, because last year there were two that I think two, yeah, because uh, Bill Skarsgård as well. So it's like, yeah. you have people from that, from the universe or whatever coming in, and yeah. it's like, who are you playing this time? But they're playing someone different. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's going to be, I'm sure we'll see more. I feel feel like with him specifically, and we can get into this a little bit more when we talk about our season predictions, Mm -hmm. but I feel like we are going to see at least a bit of him, which I'm excited for. Yeah, I think so too. Uh, So we kind of already touched on Chris Merrill. Um, He was in one scene. It's kind of hard to get an idea of this guy other than he's much different than his brother. Yes. You only saw him in like one scene, right? In one scene, yeah. yeah. When they're at the beginning. When they're all together, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm sure we'll see more maybe in the second episode. I know some of our uh, listeners and viewers have watched episode two already. So if you have, we are we haven't watched it yet. So I know some of you guys have seen it, but we will definitely talk about that. Um, hopefully, very shortly. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah. So we we obviously are saying these these things based off of just episode one. So yeah, yeah. I was going to say, do you think that uh, Chris will be an ally to Annie? Kind of based on the interaction, it seemed like he was, you know, kind of, it's maybe happy is not the right uh, word, but, you know, he's just kind of like a good guy, so maybe he was happy, I guess, to see that she's staying. So do you think it's possible he could be an ally for her? Yeah, I don't don't get bad vibes from him um, at the moment. So I think that he'll be someone who she you see having multiple encounters with her, like, throughout the entire show. But it's, you know, from the first episode, I didn't get bad vibes at all. Like, I'm like, he genuinely just wants to make sure she's taken care of and that she's enjoying her time at Castle Rock. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. And then finally, kind of the last character who we're introduced to, and besides maybe Annie, I find this character so interesting, and that's uh, Dr. H. Yeah. I find her so interesting because... She's truly, like, the go-getter, like, the successful person to come out of this town. Granted, they, you know, you could say Abdi is kind of successful in what he's trying to do right now with his project. Uh, Ace, I guess, is successful (laughs) because he owns a lot of land, a lot of property. But she's, like, legitimately successful in that she, you know, went out, went to school, and, you know, is a doctor. And you can tell that Pop is obviously most proud of her. Yeah. Uh, yeah, she she just kind of kept coming out surprisingly being like, what's she gonna, you didn't really know what to expect from her. Because, like, when she catches uh, Annie, you're kind of like, how's this gonna go? Because you didn't know yeah. enough about her at that point to know if she's gonna get really upset, if she's gonna fire her, if she's gonna kick her out. And then you see her turn and you're like, okay, so she really thinks more than, she thinks differently than just a doctor would think. She's yeah. thinking about 
mankind and humans well-being as well in the sense that she let her go and let her well not even let her go like gave mm-hmm. her gave her the yeah. pills so you're like she has something else going on in her brain that she's not only focused on medicine but you know that that's still she's trying to do what's best for each person i think and mm-hmm. not just as a whole like the people yeah she was like oh are you a junkie like you know because yeah. obviously they installed a certain way so that people couldn't do that she knows people are trying to do that so mm-hmm. yeah so i'm i'm interested for her intrigued by her character because i was like this is she seems very, She's very good different and yeah different. and very yeah. good yeah and i'm like is she too good for castle rock like you know so yeah it's i was like hmm but i, I definitely like her a lot I think she valued honesty, too, from yeah. Annie. Because Annie was very vulnerable. You know, it's it's kind of hard to be like, hey, I suffer from X, Y, and Z, and I was able to find the quote-unquote recipe that helps me. Yeah. And I think she valued the honesty and kind of, you know, was able to empathize with her because she saw Annie's empathy. And like you were saying, Katie, I think, you know, this goes beyond medicine. This is a, a people thing. Like, she wants to help the person, not just, you know, yeah. study. Not, and not just, like, yeah. the symptoms, but, like, yeah. you know, yeah. So, Yeah. So yeah, she's she's someone who definitely intrigues me for sure. And I'm I and, and again, I hope that these characters kind of aren't some of these characters aren't left behind. I hope that they all develop and we all get to see a healthy amount of them this season because yeah, yeah I mean, aside from Ace cuz you know, <laughs> I don't know if he's dead or not. I, yeah, don't I don't know. In Castle Rock you don't know, but You really don't. <laughs> yeah. Let's talk about that just real quick. Touch upon yeah. that about how Annie you know, basically almost gets found out by him because he's a creeper and is yeah. spying on, like, their internet searches. Yeah. and But she lets him have it. This Was was this surprising to you? I was not expecting that. And, like, the right out the get-go on the first episode, like, that fun finale scene, I was like, uh, first of all, I never thought that you could use an ice cream scooper to uh, kill someone. It was, oh, gosh, it, it was like, it lingered. It, it, it lingered, and I was like, oh, my gosh, I feel this like it's yeah she did the heimlich to get it out of his throat which i don't know if you guys noticed that but it was creepy like she couldn't yeah and she did the heimlich to get it up and i was like well this started a totally different tone for the show yeah. and i'm like how many bodies are we gonna see drop by the end of this yeah. show if she's killing someone in the first one it really made me curious about her past because she seemed like you were saying well yeah. she seemed experienced because like you were saying she knew how to <laughs> yeah. get the scooper out or she knew you know what items to take and she knew how to get rid of a body and kind of stuff <laughs> so it really raises questions about her past and kind of you know what happened yeah so yeah. I'm curious, but yeah, no, I was not expecting the episode to end that way. I was not expecting this, but it definitely got my attention, and it's making me very curious on what's going to happen next. Yeah. Also, it's also, I guess, a very good thing, coincidental thing for Ace, that he basically is now being investigated for arson, so if he goes missing, yeah. is people going to really be, like... I don't know. I guess we'll see. Yeah. <laughs> Are people really going to be curious on what happened? Who knows? We will see. Uh, But for right now, we are actually going to go into some news and gossip. Yeah. After Buzz TV News. So um, the actress who plays Annie, which is, uh, why can't I? Lizzie Kaplan. Lizzie Kaplan. Yeah, Yeah, thank you. Uh, She did an interview with The Hollywood Reporter kind of about her role and what she 
uh, what she was excited about, etc. like that. And then they asked her, what was it about Misery and Annie Wilkes that resonated with you? And she said, both the movie and the book are told from Paul Sheldon's point of view. And in the film, you get a little more shades of Annie, but both of them are pretty much exclusively Paul Sheldon's point of view. What I think makes her so terrifying and so different than so many straight-up movie villains or villains in literature is that she really does have many different gears and modes and sides to her. She's kind. She's kind of silly. She gets excited and acts like a little girl. And there's something really dis- disarmingly sweet about her. And then when she turns, it makes it it makes it that much more terrifying. I think she is so much scarier than just a straight-up monster because she's so much more complicated than that. Mm-hmm. So she's... She's. You're gonna see a lot of different things Sides. come out of, of that. So yeah. Yeah. And then she just continues to talk about kind of like, you know, the last person to play this character was Kathy Bates, and she kind Kathy. of talks about how that in general was terrifying as well to be taking in those shoes because Kathy Bates. I mean, I think all of us can agree is fantastic. Oh so yeah. She talks a little bit about that and how she was terrified. Uh, she says. I have always loved um, loved the film and specifically Kathy Bates' performance in that movie. It was completely terrifying. And I find that the terrifying things are the exciting things to try. So that's cool. That's bold. That's good and for it her. It shows that yeah. she really wants to take this. She wants to take risks. Yeah, risks. Yeah. And also it's important to her to do it justice mm-hmm. as well. So, yeah. yeah. I mean, so far I'm really enjoying her performance. Yeah. And uh, I can't wait to kind of see what she does with this character as time goes on because I'm sure it'll be, they have more room to kind of experiment yeah. with this character. So yeah. it'll be really fun to see. Yeah. Alright, guys. I think it's just about time to go on a hunt. A little Easter egg hunt. Oh yeah. So soothing. Yeah. Uh yeah, so Katie and I are just kinda kind of go through this episode and kind of talk about the Easter eggs that we saw. And if you guys saw any, please let us know. Yeah. Because there are some that there are so many Stephen King's works out there that you know, it's really hard to kind of find everything. So we're just kind of going to talk about what we saw and let us know what you saw as well. So things I noticed, obviously you see them past Shawshank. You see them past all these signs for different locations that have been known in the universe of Stephen King and in the world. But also the Emporium Galorium was yeah. a location in Pet Cemetery and Needful Things. So they, and they... They didn't. They wanted you to see that one because they panned on it. Like it was very obvious. Obviously, Salem's Lot, and then there was one where Joy Wilkes says she's getting cabin fevery. Obviously, a note to The Shining. So mm-hmm. I thought that was clever because I was like, oh, Shining, all right. Yeah. So and that was three that I noticed. So when yeah. you noticed a few too. Yeah, I think for me they were kind of a little obvious one. So in the first season of Castle Rock, they only brought in one character from the works, and that was, I believe, Alan Pangborn. Mm-hmm. But this time around, they brought in a few people. They brought in Annie Wilkes, who was the main protagonist in Misery. They brought in uh, Reginald Pop Merrill, who owns the... What was it? The Emporium? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah. And then they also brought in Ace Merrill. So some of the Merrills, if maybe we'll get more of that family. So they brought in a few more characters from Stephen King's works. I also saw, I didn't catch this one myself. I will admit that I cheated and saw that it was on an article. But I believe that when you're scrolling through or looking at the credits and you're looking in the book, there's one uh, line that says like Marston House, which mm-hmm. is kind of where she ends up. Yeah, I didn't notice that. So that was a good, that was yeah. a good. Uh, I mean, like I said, I cheated. But because well, I was trying to see if there was any clues in in the title sequence as well because I was like it seems the same but nope there's maybe some it's, hidden clues yeah. oh yeah like it's so it's so easy to overlook the opening sequence because it's like oh it's the same but I'm sure if you look closely enough the text is different yeah yeah and so then yeah just other kind of stuff just 
honestly, my Easter eggs were just the things that they brought in more from Stephen King's universe. So, like, the Salem lot and Jerusalem's lot, the house, you know, all of these extra characters. I didn't find any, and I didn't find anything that was, like, super hidden or yeah. just like thrown just in obvious yeah ones. kind yeah. of the obvious ones yeah. for me on this first episode I'll admit so like I said if you found any easter eggs let us know in the comments or in the live chat we would love to see what you guys saw because yeah. I'm sure the show is obviously going to be full of them yeah, yeah. I'm sure this is just a few of them and two I'm sure yeah. there's more too mm-hmm. so yeah well, that kind of just about wraps it up for our review of Castle Rock Season 2, Episode 1, Let the River Run. Katie, where can the fans find you on uh, social media? You guys can find me on Twitter and Instagram at KT underscore Christine. Uh, and also on Monday nights on the Con Guy Show on Popcorn Talk Network. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm Veronica Valencia. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at it's me, Veronica underscore V. Again, I just want to say thank you so much for tuning into our after show. I want to give a shout out to Drac yeah. in the chat who has been chatting it up with us. Thank you so much for tuning in. And be sure to subscribe, like I said, to After Buzz on YouTube so that way you can get updates on when we will be reviewing episode two. Bye, guys. Our founder, Kevin Undergaro, and me, Maria Menunos, would like to thank you for tuning in to AfterBuzz TV. Remember, we're not just the first, we're the biggest in the world, and we're the only destination for all your favorite TV shows. Whatever you crave, we've got it. So go to AfterBuzzTV.com and check out our lineup. Buzz you later. <laughs> the views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. 